Welcome to Hollywood Obsessed with Tony Miros, a podcast that celebrates our endless fascination with the iconic people, locations, and history of the entertainment capital of the world. If you're as obsessed with Hollywood as Tony is, or would like to be, get ready to enjoy another exciting brand new episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Now, here's your host, Tony Miros. Hello, friends. This is your host, Tony Miros, speaking to you from the heart of Tinseltown. On this episode of Hollywood Obsessed, part two of my conversation with actor Barry Pearl, who's best known for playing the role of Duty, one of the T-Birds in the iconic 1978 movie musical, Grease. Barry began his career on Broadway in the original production of Bye Bye Birdie. Following that, he appeared in the original Broadway company of Oliver and the first national tour of Grease in which he played Sonny and John Travolta played Duty, way before they made the movie. Other Broadway credits include Mel Brooks's The Producers, Lenny's Back, and Baby It's You. On television, he's been a series regular on shows such as CPO Sharky with Don Rickles, The New Love American Style, and Superior Court, as well as having guest starred on such TV classics as Baywatch, Eight is Enough, Beverly Hills 90210, ER and Criminal Minds, to name a few. In 2012, he starred in the Lionsgate release, The Newest Pledge. He also played Arnold in the national tour of Happy Days, a new musical. And he had a cameo as Mr. Weaver in the Grease Live television special on Fox. Other than acting, Barry is also an accomplished director. As a matter of fact, he's currently directing Footloose, the musical, at the Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center from April 22nd through May 14th. So let's make sure to get your tickets to see it ASAP. Now that you know a little bit more about Barry, I still have many more questions left for him to answer about what it was like filming my favorite movie, Grease. So let's not waste any more time and get back to our conversation on this episode of Hollywood Obsessed. By the way, what the hell is Judy's real name? Does he have one? Dominic Del Fuego. That's his name? Yes, is what I was told. It was Dominic Del Fuego. Now, it's Dominic Latieri. Sonny is actually Dominic Latieri, uh, Sonny Latieri in the play. Uh-huh. Sonny Latieri. But, of course, in the movie, it's Sonny Latieri. And I think it was, I don't know how Del, Del Fuego came into it. I think I remember Didi telling me that. It was mm-hmm. Dominic Del Fuego. So, Interesting. Or Good to know. Maybe it was Frenchy Del Fuego. We'll have to ask Didi. But I think it was Dominic Del Fuego. <laughs> I heard that the T-Birds were originally called the Burger Palace Boys, The Burger right? Palace Boys, that's correct. Um, because it was the Burger Palace as opposed to the Frosty Palace, right. which it was in the, in, the, in the movie Frosty Palace. That's correct. I love all this stuff. Um, but you guys, as you said, you all had great chemistry on screen. And so did you guys have rehearsals before filming? Did you have to bond? Well, we did have to. I mean, we just did bond. We had three weeks of rehearsal before we went before principal photography right. and we rehearsed in the Paramount Studios. And the last day there, they invited the entire lot to come and watch us. So we did it like a play. Jack Nicholson was there because he was shooting Going South, Going South at the time. Um, uh, uh, Michael Landon was there, the late Michael Landon, because he, I think he was doing Little House on the Prairie there. And there were others, the other celebrities of that type. I want to say Warren Beatty might have been there, but I don't fully remember. I remember his, his name being bandied about. Others have a better recollection of that than I do. But do you the, perform I, the whole film as yeah, if it was a play? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that which we had already rehearsed. I mean, there were th- like, for instance, uh, You're the One That I Want wasn't even in the piece until they brought it out to us at the carnival sequence. They'd already recorded it. That's not even us singing. 
That's so funny. Yeah, so we just uh, Pat Birch choreographed it, and we they played it back, and we do she did it in on the fly, <laughs> and it's what it, it's what it's become now. And it's an iconic song. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you, I know that the film was given to John because it was part of his three picture deal, uh, <laughs> but you had known him prior, and then all of a sudden he has this huge. Well, he was on Welcome Back, Cotter, and then Saturday Night Fever. So when he got to the Grease thing, was he still the John that you remembered, or had Hollywood hit him by that point? Not at all. Uh, 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 John <clears throat> has remained humble to this day. In fact, I remember um, when I was over at NBC, I, I don't know if it was uh, doing CPO Sharpie there or not, but Mar um, uh, uh, Ellen uh, Travolta, who was on uh, Joni Love Chachi and, you know, she, oh, yeah. and mother, she was there. And I remember going up to her in the hallway when I came to work and I said, one day and I said, so how is this all affecting John, this success that he's had? And I remember um, uh, her saying to me, uh, we told him in no uncertain terms, if any of this got to his head, he was going to kick his ass back to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> they were on him about it, but they didn't have to. Don just, he's a gentleman and he just got it right from the very beginning. Yeah. Huge success with Welcome Back, Cotter. He had done a, a movie prior to that. Um, uh, well, he'd done, I wouldn't say he'd done, he'd done Carrie, but he'd done a film called Rain, if I'm not mistaken, that wasn't a huge hit. Devil's Rain, Devil's Rain is what it was. Okay. And um, uh, 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 Bob Lamond, who was his manager, may he rest in peace, uh, and who was also Treat Williams' manager and Barry Bostwick's manager and Jeff Conaway's manager. He had all of these leading guy types. Uh, and he's also Jamie Donnelly's manager one time as well. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> he helped to build those careers. And John just took off. I mean, take a look at him. You just can't keep your eyes off of him. And he's talented on top of it. Yeah. And he's so sweat. I met him in person, too. And I was like, I, 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 could, I actually couldn't speak. When I met him and Olivia, I met them separately. I really couldn't speak because, I mean, it was like iconic in my brain. But so both of them were very nice. How was Olivia on, on, on stage, on, you know, during filming? I know that she was she had to she asked to have a screen test right because she wasn't sure she wanted to do Sandy. she insisted on a screen test she wanted to have she'd done a, a film called tomorrow mm -hmm. that, that didn't go very well the, the film wasn't a hit and yeah. she, she had a huge uh, uh, uh music career you know recording career so she didn't want to damage that in any way she needed to be certain that she could play this role so she said you know let me screen test and if i like what i see then we'll do it so John was very helpful with her. They did the um, the scene in the drive-in, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he guided her along. And you know, she, he was a couple of years her junior, but he just had the wherewithal. He's an old soul, John, and he took her under his wing, if you will, and uh, guided her along. They became fast and famous friends. They did the screen test, and then the rest is history. It worked, and she said, "All right." We'll do this. So on set, she was great. Again, very humble um, because she was a bit out of her element there. And, and, and sure. other of us had worked before cameras a lot before. Not that she hadn't with, you know, uh, 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 music shows and such, but something like this or had done theater the way many of us had. So she was very willing to learn and very humble in that way. Uh, so she fit in just perfectly. The. I, you know, all these numbers, I know them by heart. My niece knows them. Everybody knows them by heart. But when you see Summer Nights, because I watched the film last night, I've seen that movie like 100 times, uh, 500 times. Um, Summer Nights, so well directed. Um, but when you're doing that, just so people understand the movie musical, you're doing playback, 
you got how do you do that because you don't have both sides you have to sing your part the men's part and then the women's part is done separately so when you're filming let's say a summer nights on the bleachers is it done in sections how do you keep the energy going that's my question we certainly do it in sections but with playback uh they have these just so your, your patrons understand um there are these huge speakers and we've already gone into the recording studio and done the album, basically. We had to record all the music because what happens is they will play back the song and we will basically lip sync. We're still singing full voice and we're singing to our own voices. And surprisingly enough, we're a- people are able to do that. You know, we have certain rhythms that kind of stick because we are singing within the time of the song. Right. As well. We have to keep time and they play everything. We'll hear, we will hear the girls' portions, mm-hmm. and we will do whatever we, ha- we, we are, we are going to be seen doing if they happen to cut back to us while the girls are still singing. So we do it very much like they do with a, this, a stage play. And maybe they will do what they call a master, which is they'll play it <clears throat> front to back with one angle. That's the front, just getting right. a master shot. We do it the whole way through. Then we will do close-ups and sections, and they will then only play back those sections uh-huh. that we're singing. Got it. Whether it's a reaction to what the girls are singing or whether it's us singing that particular part. Mm-hmm. You know. What was Randall Kleiser like uh, as a director for you? He was great. He, you know, this was his first big thing. So he too was very uh, open to suggestions, especially from those of us that had, that had done the stage play before. In fact, well, there were portions of the screenplay which we felt didn't land properly, and 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 uh, uh, Randall gave us permission to lift things from the play that we felt worked, or we would improvise. He gave ah. us latitude. All that Three Stooges stuff that we do, make something up, guys. In fact, he was a huge Three Stooges fan as well, and. While we were still rehearsing, he came to me and said, hey, listen, I've gotten um, uh, Columbia to send us over a couple of Three Stooges shorts so you could, to, you three guys can get the flavor of it. Well, I didn't need the flavor because I, you know, <laughs> I'm a big fan, but for Michael and Kelly, who were familiar, um, it, it helped, you know, yeah. to look at those lotsies, those little shtickles that they do to be able to incorporate. So Randall was great about allowing us that kind of a latitude. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, was that bit at the bonfire scripted or did you guys improvise that? We made that up. You made that up. It was fun, though. It's fun. It's like the the squirt gun was all made up. That whole thing when he, when uh, Kinnicky brandishes the the switchblade uh, when scorpions go by, I pulled out the squirt gun. And the squirt gun and and some other props, the prop master had brought Michael and Kelly and, and I and me into the prop trunk, uh, the prop truck said, uh, take something that you feel your character would take. So I think that uh, Kelly took a, 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 a St. Jude medal with a chain and Michael took a um, rabbit's foot and I took the yellow squirt gun. Interesting. So that's like how that. it came to play in Summer Nights. And also then uh, in that scene with the, the scorpions where he brandishes a <laughs> A knife and I pull out the squirt gun. You know, I think it's uh, it was so funny too, and you can see it. You could, I mean, I love that you all had your own characters and you were doing your own thing, even though you know everybody was seeing everything else. Yeah. But you, if you pay attention to all you guys, you have your own little things going on. Right, it's acting in between the lines. Absolutely. And then it was funny when I when you see Beauty School Dropout, I forget that you guys come out at the end as angels. 
How difficult was that to be hanging out there for a while? Difficult. Let me tell you, I'd always wanted to fly. That was on my bucket list. But that kind of flying, it wasn't like a flying by foy rig. It was all kind of gerrymandered uh, or jury rigged or whatever that's called, where they they took jeans, blue jeans, and they um, put lamb's wool inside to pad it. And then they they, so, and they only went to the knees, the jeans, so they cut them off and then they split them so that um, you laced them up and you tied them like shoes from your kneecap to the mid thigh. Oh. oh my God. Then again, it was all lamb's wool and padding in the crotch. And then of course there were these bolts, if you will, that came out from the both sides of your hips mm-hmm. onto which they would attach the cables to lift us up. So we're hanging there by our groins basically. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, all Michael in the center had to do is go down and up. But Kelly and I had to lay out flat as we came across camera left to right and right to left, if you recall. Well, Kelly was a major dancer and in great control of his body. So he was able to lay out flat and not tip over. Me, if you see me coming across, I'm in like kind of an L shape, you know, an angle. So my body, but the upper part of my body is parallel to the ground, and my my from my hips down, I'm, my feet are dangling, if you will. And, and I tried to bend my knees, otherwise I would flip around, and it was very tough. My dreams of flying just, you know, as this. Oh God, why did I why did I even wish for this? We got through it, and it's funny, and there you have it. Yeah, it's very funny. You you must have been so grateful when they sell cut. You're like, I'm done. I'm I'm done. I, I was talking like this by the time we were finished that day. <laughs> and I had oh, that's so in my, funny. Eyes, you know, my legs. <laughs> the other great thing in the film is the dance contest sequence, and I know Lorenzo. I'm friends with Lorenzo Lamas, and he told me how super hot it was in that yes, gym. It was. How long did that take to shoot? What was it like? I want to say that it was, it took us also a week and it was also next to a, a meat packing uh, plant. So everything smelled like pork and it was Mm. very hot. They did not have air conditioning in, in the gym. And in fact, Michael Tucci passed out and had to be taken to the, uh, to the emergency room. Oh, was it him that passed out? Uh Uh-huh. It was Michael. And uh, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, it was it was more uncomfortable than doing summer nights, which was out, out in the heat, or the carnival, which was out in the heat. Yeah. Here we are in these this close, closely confined gym. So they did what they could to bring air in, but it, it wasn't much. And you you see how strenuous that is. It's a big number. Lots it's of sweating going on. A lot of, and you know, you uh, people who are watching it, like, oh, they're just sweating because they're dancing. No, you were sweating because uh, it was hot. It was hot. But what Pat Birch did with that sequence was incredible because you're all doing different things, right? Well, um, yes, ultimately she has different pockets of people doing different. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, in fact, Dee tells this story a different way, but there's a moment where the entire group uh, does a shuffle to the right and then a shuffle to the left. Well, when everybody goes to the right, Didi and I, who were right in the front, went to the left. And whenever we went to the left, went to the right, it was us. I remember it was us just forgetting which way to go. And of course, your eye goes right to us because right. salmon floating upstream. Now, Didi tells it that we were actually choreographed to do it that way. I don't remember it that way. I remember it as a mistake that they kept, <laughs> you know. Okay. It played that, well. That, that did a, she's famous for doing um creating choreography that non-dancers can dance yeah famous right. 
and uh, she, just brilliant all the way around. And she and for dancers that dance, she's brilliant with that too. And another thing that you did in this film that I'm sure a lot of people have asked you about, you mooned, you mooned everybody in this film. Uh, that was us. That, that they weren't stunt doubles. Well, what, how many times did you have to moon the cameras, or was oh, it one I, take? I, I have no idea, but that didn't bother me because I'd already done uh, plays on Broadway where I had to go butt naked anyway. So that that you know that was not a thing for me. We were wildly abandoned, all three of us. We didn't care. You know, it's show business. We're uninhibited. <laughs> you want me to drop trial? Sure, no problem. Or you just uh, you pay, pay me the money and I'll drop trial. <laughs> <laughs> you and Dee Dee Khan just made it such a super cute couple on screen. Um, do you ever think about what happened after after the after the credits that Frenchie and, and Judy got married or lived happily ever after? Uh, at one point, you know, we were supposed to do the sequel. Which, oh, you were supposed to do Grease 2. Well, it wasn't Grease, called Grease 2 at the time. After a couple of weeks of rehearsal, and I think it might have been after the first or second week of principal photography, Alan brought the four of us together, mm-hmm. Michael, Kelly, Jeff, and myself. And I remember it was outdoors, so it might have been while we were shooting. Maybe it was even summer nights. I remember, it was, but it was in the outdoor cafeteria of whatever school we were at the time. <clears throat> and Venice High was where we shot the, um, the front end and... Um, the opening and then and summer nights and the bleachers came to us and said, Paramount loves the dailies. They love the, what they're seeing day by day. And we're going to do a sequel and we're going to call it summer school where you guys um, back to summer school. Now, if you recall at the end of the first act, at the end of the first film, um, when the carnival sequence opens up, K- Kelly and Michael and I saw Sonny Duty and Putsy say we failed phys ed. Right. Putsy says, did we even take phys ed? <laughs> the pie throwing contest where, where Sid gets his pie, pies thrown at him. Yeah. And uh, how could you flunk us in, in phys ed, coach? He said, <laughs> Come back to summer school, you know, we'll straighten that out. Wow. So they were setting it up for that. Correct. And that's what it was going to, to be. And one thing led to another. John and Olivia backed out. They weren't happy with the script as it was. And then Bronte Woodard, who had penned the original screenplay, passed away. Things changed and it became what it became. In fact, one of my students, I teach improvisation, Leaf Green was one of the T-Birds. And then my buddy, Chris McDonald, my other buddy, Adrian's Med, they became, and then my friend, Lorna Luft, who played Oh, yeah, they all went on to do that. Now, this is a long way of telling you. So Grease 2 comes out. For the longest time, uh, Dee Dee had Sherry Lansing's ear. Sherry was the head of Paramount at the time. Uh-huh. And um, we were going to actually do a real Grease sequel uh, that would be the summer school idea. And, uh, and then some. So Dee Dee asked all of us to come up with our own backstory that she would put into what they call the Bible, which mm-hmm. presented in the treatment here's what we'd like to do as a film and then if the the bigs the suits like it then we go forward right all this mapped out so my part of the story was that lorna and i who were back actually we were high school friends like for real no um her character and i got together and we got married and we had kids sunny and uh marty get together and open a pizza parlor uh dd Dee Dee, gets together uh, at one point when Zayden and Marin were actually going to do this, that writing team, um, Frenchie and Kenicki were going to get together. No. Wow. Frenchie, I think. And 
I want to say something happened. They also kill Zuko off because he's become a race car driver and he gets killed in a car race. I don't know what happens with Olivia's character. And then I, and uh, with Jan, I'm not exactly sure if she gets together with Putsy and maybe they do and they have kids and their kids go to school together. But, but Paulette's and my kids are the youngest ones, so they don't go to school. So we wouldn't have been part of that dynamic. Yeah. Of, of another. So it got all conjunctured around, but nothing ever got done because people just, you know, they, they just lost interest or whatever. So now you have, yeah. you have Grease Live, which was done very well because there was a time where they were talking about Justin Bieber and Britney Spears doing a remake of a movie, but people went, hey, that ain't. No, yeah, no, I'm glad now, they didn't. Now you got Rise of the Pink Ladies. I saw you were at the premiere. I saw the pictures of you. Yes, I got the pre- and it was wonderful. Did you like I haven't seen it yet. Should I watch it? Yes, you should watch it. Uh, so it, it dropped on April 6th, the first episode in the six. I still haven't subscribed to Paramount Plus to watch the rest of them. But I was very impressed. And, you know, something that really gets me um, on social media, uh, there were some folks from the cast that posted. And then you got all these naysayers coming in giving it a bad rap, saying, never, I won't watch it. And why should they? And they were really hateful and mean-spirited. I didn't chime in with anything. I wanted to say, hey, haters, get a life. But you got to give this a chance. The people that that brought us Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that was a good show. I like that. Vancouver. Apparently, the Vancouver crew and creatives are part of this Rise of the Pink Ladies. And I was very entertained very entertained uh and the kids that they chose are triple quadruple threats uh i think they did a great job i I, i'm i'm here to tell you uh give it a watch it's got i think they got 10 in the can and if it's a hit then we'll go again and if they go again they could even have us be a part of that apparently Didi was going to be but then she had some commitments that she couldn't uh she she wouldn't be able to fulfill so she didn't do whatever they were going to have her do in this season Right. Well, listen, if you saying it's good, because let me tell you, Barry, the thing about Greece is that and I've said this before, I love to watch movies that take me out of my world. Right. That keep me somewhere else, because we all have issues and problems and what have you. And then you go to a film and I don't want to see my I really don't want to see my issues up there. I want to just take it out of my world. And that's what Greece does. It entertains you. You're away from your life for an hour and change and then you go back and it's about the end you're happy and you've been entertained so if you're telling me that rise of the pink ladies is is fun to watch i will watch it now understand this i've, I've only seen the first episode and i can't imagine that the others are going to be nothing but better than the first episode. And it's kind of an interesting here because it's the rise it's how the pink ladies formed the pink ladies and that was fun to see in the first episode <clears throat> going forward now we'll see how that begins to manifest and grow. And I'm, I'm very interested in that. That's why I got to get my subscription happening. It's streaming, so I, I can always go back and watch those that I haven't seen thus far. But it's also a matter of finding the time because I'm, I'm so involved in, in uh, it's the 45th anniversary coming up. So not only am I directing this production of Footloose, but I'm also preparing the next day. So we open Footloose at the end of this week on Saturday, the 22nd. And the very next day, I go off with Joey Travolta, that's one of John's older brothers to teach the film arts to the special needs community, as I've done for the last nine years. This will be the 10th year. Uh, we're going to Arkansas for a week to do a, a show there. And then I come back and we have a bunch of Greece uh, events in Texas. And now we just got one in Seattle. Um, I think there's one in Arizona. And then at the end of um, June, 
the last two weeks, I myself am going to Australia to do, wow. do three events there. One in Melbourne, pronounced Melbourne, as opposed <laughs> to Melbourne. Uh, I've got a, 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 a thing in, in Melbourne for Fonzie's Diner. It's very much like a 50s diner. Oh. Taking me to Sydney to do the Supernova at Sydney and then the Supernova in Perth at the end of June. So I do that and then I come back and there are other events like this. So I got to take a block of time so I can sit down and, and watch the, the pink ladies, which I am going to do. <laughs> so there you, there you have that. I want to talk before we say goodbye. I want to talk about Footloose, the musical. Yes. You are directing the musical, right? You're not in it. I'm di- I've directed it uh, along with my co-director and amazing choreographer, uh, Michelle Elkin. And it's, I, I'm also producing it with my wife. We have a company called Bar Sin Boo Productions. And we are co-producing with our dear friend, Paul Panico, whose production company is Panic Productions. Right. So done. that if anybody wants to go see it, give us the deets so we have it all back. Sure. So it's being done at the Simi Valley Performing Arts Center in Simi Valley. And you can get uh, tickets at Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center uh, dot Thunderticks. But, you know, I want to make sure that that is, in fact, the actual um, the actual uh, uh the website well why don't you do this why don't when we're done send it to me and i'll put it at the end of the episode i'll put a link so that people can go and see That's if they want exactly good. so we open uh, the 22nd and we play through may 14th uh at the simi valley cultural arts center uh it's a show that uh, was written the music is written by kenny loggins and it's it's a terrific story about a, a boy's relationships and i say ships because they're two with their fathers, a father that has lost a son and a son who's lost a father, two different young young men who, who uh, are inside that dynamic. And it was a big hit on, on Broadway, uh, 1984, I want to say, was the film, and then it opened in 1998. But um, there are tickets available, and I believe it's um, uh, the Simi Arts, uh, Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center thunderticks.com. but I'm going to send you that uh, link right yeah. now, Tony, and uh, and and then you'll have it to be able to put it in here. So yeah, it's it's it is. I've got it right here. It's Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center, spelled C E N T E R. Thunderticks.com forward slash events forward slash two zero nine seven three zero. But again, you'll have this link there. Yeah, I'll put the link on the website. I'll put it um, whenever you guys see your podcast at the bottom. There's all these credits. I'll put it right there, right under Barry's bio. So you can click on it and go get tickets to see Footloose, the musical, which, by the way, my good friend Kathy Deach was in on Broadway. So it's another uh, tie in with I don't know you and I, Barry, our our worlds are are spinning around each other all the time. Yes, uh, I, I love that wonderful web that we weave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, and I definitely have to see you again, if not for the next Grease thing, but somehow, some way, you and I will be in the same room again. That is wonderful. I look forward to that happening. Thank you, Barry, for coming on the show. Thank you for talking about Grease. You're not going to go on and on and on about this, but we're going to let you go now. But you're welcome to come back any old time, and you can tell Dee Dee and anybody else you want to come on to Hollywood Obsessed. I will do just that. Thank you for having me, and hopefully in the future, us, Tony. Grease is the word. Thanks to my new friend, actor Barry Pearl, for joining me here on Hollywood Obsessed. If you enjoyed listening to our conversation, make sure to tap follow on your phone, iPad, or computer screen so that you don't miss any new episodes. I promise I've got many more exciting interviews coming your way. 
with some of the fascinating people I've gotten to know while living and working here in the heart of Hollywood. Until next time, this is your host, Tony Miros. See you on the next episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Thanks for joining us this week on Hollywood Obsessed. Make sure to visit our Facebook page, Hollywood Obsessed Podcast, where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a single episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in every other Monday for our next episode. That's a wrap.